thing, you know, we're in the business of going fast and so are the teams and, um, you know, they, they push it to the absolute limits and sometimes over it and that, that's what happens. And the full credit to Shane, you know, he just, just merged into the, into the family as if he'd been there all along. I was embarrassed for that race to restart in Tasmania. Dumb shit like that, that just isn't acceptable. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. In a weekend that Australian motorsport fans will not quickly forget, Will Power has won the 102nd running of the Indianapolis 500, while Daniel Ricciardo took out the Monaco Grand Prix. You can hear more about both on this week's Inside Motorsport. On this week's Inside Supercars, we hear from Mark Dutton about how tough it is to be in the supercar circus and what he would do to take some stress off the employees. And later, Mark Winterbottom talks about what he does between races and how his business is the Mark Winterbottom promotion business and what charity means to him. First up, congratulations to Supercar Media on their second straight Logie nomination for Most Outstanding Sports Coverage. The Phillip Island 101 is on this weekend with a number of supercar drivers and co-drivers on the track. Shane Van Gisbergen has forgone a trip to France and will be on track at the island this weekend. He'll also be taking part of Triple Eight's test coming up. Chas Mostert will be on the plane making the trip to Paul Ricard to drive the row BMW. Mostert impressed many at this year's Bathurst 12 hour with his performance in the Schnitzer BMW car and it appears that many in Europe have been keeping an eye on the young supercar star. There's been a lot of interest in esports across Australia recently. We've even seen AFL clubs buying esport clubs in the League of Legends. Shell V-Power Racing have unveiled a new simulator and Supercars is now planning eSport events at Bathurst and Newcastle. Supercars have also been putting the final touches on their new push for fans. The draft document has been presented to team owners and principals in Perth and to the team marketing communication staff at Winton. The plan is all about the fans of the future and it will be interesting to see how they're approaching it over the next few months. We also, in light of Kevin Sheedy's elevation to legend in the AFL football, Australian football, I should say, Hall of Fame, to legend status, we hear from Kevin Sheedy when he was working for the GWS Giants in 2009 and his thoughts on promoting sport and also for what he saw at the Sydney 500 race. Interestingly enough, it was a time where Jamie Wincup was uh, wondering about his future. So we also got Sheedy's perspective on that. Now, Tony Whitlock is still offline, but he's sure to be back in next week. So after the break, we come back with Mark Dutton. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we're able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. 
The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Well, Mark Dutton, Winton, two podiums in two days. That's most teams up and down the grid would be saying that's a good result, but most teams aren't uh, Red Bull Holden Racing Team. Yeah, we're still happy with that for sure. It's just that we're not happy with the qualifying. And I think the qualifying that, that we pulled out this weekend, maybe not most, but lots of teams wouldn't be happy with. So, um, yeah, definitely happy with the, the results. Unfortunately, it was only one car up there, uh, not, not for three. Um, so, yeah, we've got, got some work to do. 14 races of 30-something in 2018 out the way. So you would imagine, or I would imagine, that you've got a pretty good read now on where the ZB is. Yes, but there's still more work to be done. It, the, you're constantly evolving. As soon as you think you're on top of it, then someone else goes quicker. Um, this well, that's not, um, this car still has some, some, uh, some unlocking to be done. We still think there's more, more pace in it. At, at, at Winton, uh, we saw that we didn't have the qualifying pace. So it has been a bit of a bogey track for us in the past. Uh, since sort of Car of the Future, we were... We were fortunate to have a, uh, yeah, a win last year and a couple of blips on the radar during that time, but nowhere near the, the dominance we used to have. So um, we, need to, we need to work on that. We think we learned a lot over the weekend at Winton, uh, so it's just uh, yeah, unravelling all the data. And Are you able, with the engine package now being put aside that you were developing for next year, does that mean now you can concentrate more on unlocking the chassis, having both engineers working on chassis-related issues? It does, it does. I mean, uh, not both engineers, because we've got more than, more than two as such, but, uh, but I know what you mean. Yeah, we can have a full focus on that. It, it, uh, it, it is a, a bonus in that regard. There are some negatives to it. Um, you know, we, we built up staff to be able to do that, and, uh, and the learning is the, the most important thing that you want to do. You know, it's, it's interesting, and everyone in this level of motorsport does it because you you want to be able to engineer you want to be able to build and design and create and and learn so um, that was the negative of that but the positive is definitely that we can be full focus on uh, on the car on track and are you noticing any differences there um maybe not on the track winter wouldn't have said so (laughs) but no we still got good race pace but uh we we still and we've got a test day coming up and we really want to work hard on some go fast bits that we've got not as many as we'd like but um the the toolkit the the tuning whether you know you've got your cams and ride heights and springs and roll centers and and lots of other things that you know we use to tune the cars so and they all uh you know, have a different influence on the car and they all have different sensitivities so we need to with the ZB truly get to the bottom of those sensitivities and and uh, and be better on top of our toolkit so that if like at Winton when we roll out the truck not fast enough in practice we use the the, the more correct tools to, to make it go faster we, we we kept improving the car throughout Winton and, and uh, for up, up until qualifying but just didn't improve it enough um, the thing that I like was that the drivers didn't like the car either. So if they don't like it and it's slow, the worlds are aligning. Excellent. Let's let's keep that going. Planets are aligning, I should say. Um, but when the driver's happy and says, mate, I can't see any more time in it, and you're not quick enough, that's when you're properly worried. Are you mindful of the fact that Ford's going to a Mustang, 
and now there's all this speculation about, well, will the Camaro be brought in? Holden's indicating that they probably are, and you might be doing all this fantastic work on a car that might be pushed out before its time. That's zero focus for us, literally. But it must be in your head. Gee, am I doing this and I could no. be told to do another one in a couple of years? No, not at all. Not at all, because everything we did last year on the VF still transposed to the ZB. Just understanding that, that toolkit, that is the most important thing when you go racing. And and they will that the, the sensitivities, as I said before, they will change for different models, but... Um, ultimately, the better graphs you have on that, that's when you win week, week in, week out. Um, so there's there's no focus on anything apart from ZB right now. We we don't have time. We don't we don't want to. We just want to maximise this car that um, has proven when we get it right, it's really fast. I think it's three years now you're into this role. Four, <laughs> four. four yeah, I think four, five, no, something like that. Yeah, anyway, yeah, a few. <laughs> have you? Are you um, enjoying this more than ever? Are you finding the challenges are the same and it's repetitive? What, what's your view of the world? My view of the world is the calendar's wrong for us, um, for everyone uh, in supercars, but mainly for the Queensland teams. Uh, right now it's unsustainable. Uh, and the Queensland teams, not just Triple Eight, are, are hurting. You know these these quick turnarounds with the travel time. That's it's it's not fun. It's and you you walk up and down pit lane and you, and you feel that you know we all love being in motorsport and we all know that we're very fortunate to be able to do this as a job. But there is a time when it does become too much, and uh, the, the calendar just simply needs to be changed for next year. Not maybe, just has to be. Uh, I feel for the truckies because they have done some miles and whether they're even from Victoria or Queensland, they've done some miles. Oh, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the truckies are doing it super tough. Um, but the crews, when they get home and you know, they have to do 12 to 14 hour days just to turn it around. And we, we, we could do a, a standard day but then work you know, seven days a week. But instead we do the, the longer days during the week to try and have some weekends off, which we've done successfully. We haven't had to work almost any weekends, which makes it, oh, why is it so hard? But trust me, when you're away every second weekend doing the monster hours and when those turnaround days are so, and nights are so big, it, it is tough on the team. So that's, uh, that's probably where I'm at and where the teams are at at the moment. And you're looking at leave calendars too and going 14 days in lieu for most of the operation and there's not 14 days to have off in the 25 days till the next race. No, exactly. So uh, we, we've we've worked. Everyone's worked really hard in these short turnarounds. So we could give the days off. Unfortunately, apart from the truck, is when the truck leaves. So we've we've for the mechanics on the floor, we've been able to give them a little bit of normality. Um, unfortunately, the the engineers and the other people when the trucks away, they keep working. Um, so they've had less time off. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll maximise this turnaround time now. Uh, we do have a test day coming up, but. Uh, yeah, everyone will be able to recharge and just being able to leave while the sun's work while the sun's still up. Um, that'll be a pleasure. And in Mark Dutton's view of the world, is it three weeks from race to race or is it uh, less races in the south and more mix between north and south? Where's your head at with that? Yeah, I, I think the three weeks. So if, if we just be consistent and and, uh, and drop one round in the start of the year, and then we can shift basically all of them to have two weekends at home. So you're racing every third weekend. 
it's uh, for the fans. You got you have consistency. So week in, week out, they know every third, third weeks I'm in front of that telly or I'm, or I'm putting aside the time to go to the racetrack, get more fans to the track as well. So highlight the the events that are getting the big numbers and and, and build them up. You know that alone. So one round being being dropped and and the the slight shift of a couple would make the world of difference it would be fantastic to have it a bit more even with the north and south but that's secondary if we if we do that thing and make it every third weekend we're racing that'll do so much to the car and and and, uh everyone's okay no one got hurt uh and everyone's life involved there's a lot of people up and down pit lane uh that that give uh, their heart and soul to this job. And that is a huge thing, but some guys can only handle five years. And in five years, you've probably just got them to the stage where they're either about to take the next step or they're getting to understand exactly what they have to do. Yeah, exactly. You, you want this to be you know, as, as close to a lifelong career as you can because um, it is very enjoyable when it's, when it's done, done correctly and and we're, we've been in a fortunate position to have success, um, and that makes it even more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that you don't want to see anyone leave because they're they're burnt out or they're just you know their their kids forget what they look like. Which uh, I've got a new young daughter, and every time I think she has to relearn who are, who who I am when I walk through the door at the moment. So um, we do need that balance. And as you said, it's you know you don't want that staff turnover. Um, but yeah. Well, I know that uh, supercars have been laying out a vision over the last two meetings. Uh, you know it too. Hopefully, uh, they're taking heed to some of the suggestions that have been coming back from your team. I hope so. I hope so. We're pushing hard, and it's 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 for the whole category. And it's for the whole sport. You know, we we do need it to be sustainable um, for everyone involved. Can I clarify that? Dropping a round would mean we reduce one round on the season, one event on the season, or so you do feel that's important. Yes, yeah, uh, it's it's a tough one because you know I'd still like us to to go back and do uh, some more overseas rounds as well. So yeah, I'm I'm saying one thing on one hand and one on the other hand. So yeah, yeah, that's that's real clear, clear Dutton. Um, but no, yeah, definitely in this opening stint of the season to. To, uh, to basically Winton slash Darwin. Um, if we drop one and do some shuffling, uh, yeah, life's good. Incredibly, Eastern Creek is going to be as valuable as Bathurst and the Sandown 500 in points, but do you think that's a test case for what might even help if they did keep going with a two-week, two-week, two-week? Possibly, yeah, and it's it is a test case, uh, and uh, I think it's important. It, you know, you do need to stay fresh. You need need to uh, address the issues with getting getting people to to you know seats on bums at the track. Uh, our, our TV presence is fantastic. You know, Foxtel are doing an amazing job of how much and how in depth coverage they have. It's it's better than ever. You know, the the behind the scenes. You know, all of the the extra footage they do is great. Uh, so we just need to make sure we draw the big crowds to the event because all the teams really love it when uh, when you've got the big crowds watching. Whether you're successful or not, it it adds to the environment. You love it when the the paddock is crowded and everyone's everyone's keen. You know, motorsport and specifically supercars has has the best uh, interaction from fans to their drivers, their heroes that that I've seen in any sport. So the more people we get here, so we can 
capitalised on that and, and give more people those fantastic uh, yeah, experiences, the, the better, in my book. Well, Mark, I'm keeping you away from the pack-up, which is uh, probably a good thing. But uh, No, no, I'll be in trouble now. I'll be copping lots of flack from the, from the, the team. But uh, congrats. Congratulations, two podiums this weekend. Shane has uh, managed to bridge the gap slightly on uh, on the man in uh, in the Shell V Power Car, and it's looking like we'll have an interesting uh, tail or midsection of the season. I believe so. Yeah, thank you. Lots of uh, good to see lots of different cars up there. Obviously, the, the Nissan's having a fantastic weekend at at Winton as well. So. Uh, yeah, congratulations to them as well. My thanks to Mark Dutton. After the break, the second of the Marks, Mark Winterbottom. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Well, Mark Winterbottom, first of all, happy birthday. Uh, you're not looking a day over uh, 40 or 50. <laughs> yeah, no, still a young chap, still uh, still fit enough and still driving all right. So, um, yeah, always celebrate my birthday at Winton, which some people would love to do. I'd like to one year actually have it at home or something with the family, but um, always falls on winter weekend, but uh, doing what I love, so it's a, yeah, trying to have a good day. Many wins on a birthday? I've had a few. I've had a few here. I think I've had four wins at Winton, and it's always fallen on my birthday, so um, yeah, if you could ask for a present, a race win's obviously something that uh, that's high on the priority list, so um, you've had some good runs here, and hopefully, uh, yeah, today's a kind day to us. Racing now is a little bit different to when you started. It's there's a lot more races and uh, a lot more focus and a lot more stress really on a race weekend. How do you keep yourself sane in between those race weekends? Um, yeah, it's busy. the The racing is busy, but the commercial side of the business is um, is very busy. Our team does a really good job of it, which means that the the drivers do um, go all over the place. But um, you know, it's a sport you love, but at the same time, I'm lucky I've got a family who keep you grounded and keep you real. So, um, you know, race Sunday, Monday morning, I take Oliver to school. You know, it's kind of, you, you don't live a rock star life that some people perceive. It's it's um, go home, wash your race suits, take the kids to school, do all the, you know, mow the lawn, do all the chores you got to do that you should do on the weekend. And um, and then, yeah, the, the, the racing commitments are quite busy. So, um, yeah, busy. And at the same time, we're contractors as well. So we run our own business which means, um, you know, invoicing and calendars and personal sponsors and all that sort of stuff as well. So um, it's busy, but, um, but the family's the thing that keeps you grounded. I know at one time, uh, speaking to you over the years, particularly in the sort of middle years to where we are now, um, I think you were doing like 100 sponsorship or per- personal appearances in the course of a year, and now on 100 in a 365-day take out how many race weekend days is it about another 50, 60 or 70 mm. it doesn't leave much time yeah it was about half the year and um you know the thing about our team i guess in our cars is we don't just have one sponsor on a car we fill it with um <clears throat> with you know several sponsors which it's it's great business model because when one pulls out you've still got security where other teams when they do base themselves off one if it pulls out it's it's a big thing so 
um, that's the positive. But the you know you are busy to service them, and um, but you know it's good for your profile. We we get to see lots of different people around the country. Um, you're never really chatting to the same person, although you answer the same questions <laughs> probably three times in the day. Um, it's always asked by different people and. We get a really good reception. You're not a probably controversial driver that people want to have a go at. Um, most people are very, you know, friendly and want to chat about the sport. And and um, and a lot of them are successful people. So I start asking them about their business and trying to fill my brain. So um, although it's deemed work, it's um, you know we're pretty lucky to do what we do and we get paid to race and talk about what we love. So um, it's busy, but. At the same time, we do appreciate all the support we get, and without them, we're, we're not in the cars. Most people can understand when you're at home, you've obviously got your family chores and duties, but then you've got that time for training. How, when you're travelling a lot, do you get that training time in? Uh, it's tough, um, but you know, at, at home, that's kind of my outlet. Um, seven o'clock every morning, we go training, um, and that's you've got to stay fit because. Uh, you know, you go to a race, say Adelaide, we go on a Tuesday. We don't train from Tuesday until Friday, and then we get in the car and race. And then um, you might do a three-day road trip somewhere. So pack your joggers, um, you know, pack your gym gear and try and get out and have a, an hour just to go and train. But um, for me, it keeps you, keeps you young, you know, keeping fit. And sort of, I always believe off the motto, train harder than you compete. And that's kind of what we try and do. So, um, yeah, trying to always squeeze it in, it's kind of... I'm not obsessed with it, but I'm not far off obsession from training, so trying to always um, stay fit and, and get out there. And, and the older you get, the harder you do have to train, but I feel um, like you know, training's still enjoyable. It's, you're hitting peak numbers, you're getting fitter and fitter as the year goes on. So, um, are you training enjoyable. for cardio or are you training for strength? I do both. So um, I like to rock up to anywhere and be competitive. So if, um, you know, if it's a cycle, I can cycle. If it's running, I can run. If it's weights, I can lift heavy weights. So kind of don't specialise in one area like a lot of drivers do. You, you have drivers who are like very good cyclists, but when they run, they look like they're ducks, you know, they cannot run. So kind of try and be fit everywhere and it spices it up too. It keeps you, you're not doing the same thing, <clears throat> you know, repetition. So um, yeah, just trying to do a bit of everything and work on your weaknesses and still enjoy it. Now, you sp speak about your business, and obviously that's a marketing business in marketing Mark Winterbottom. Yeah, um, and, you know, my wife, uh, she runs pretty well all of it. Um, <clears throat> it's it's busy. Um, you know, she's got a business um, entrepreneur degree behind her, so she's very switched on. And, um, you know, it's, it's not as easy as it looks in the background. You know, you always... Um, you know, always work. It's probably two or three day, full days a week, as well as running a family, and then I'm off doing appearances. So it's a very much team effort, and that's why the sport's good that it shows the family behind it because they're not just you know women who rock up and and do stuff. They're, they're the backbone of the business, and they really make it um, make it work. And her always motto is make your life easy, and then I'm very lucky that she does that. So it's busy, and um, it's a great team effort, and. You know, end of the day, you've run your own business. It's, it's, you're proud of the results you've done, but you're also proud of how you've run a business and raised a family doing it and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's really rewarding. Mm. Now, I'm not retiring you, like others might have been <laughs> this week. But uh, when do you have to start thinking about the next part of your uh, career? Um, I'll be on the, <clears throat> you know, I'll be on the grid next year, no doubt. So, um, uh, you know, I'm still going well. Yesterday, beat the teammates. Um, the cars just aren't there at the moment and that's <clears throat> one of the hardest things um, but you know together as a team we're working hard if 
if I was getting beat week in, week out by the teammates, I'd look at myself and put my hand up. But I've still got a lot to contribute to this team and, um, and you know, Perth podium. Um, this year we've actually had reasonable results in the equipment we've had. So we'll um, keep working. We've got good engineers and good team behind us. And when we do get the cars right, all four of us will get back up there. And, you know, it's a very finick, finicky little sport where um, a lot of the guys who have retired will make comment. And people who probably don't know as much about what you do behind the scenes will comment. Um, but, you know, I'm still very valuable to this team. And, um, you know, something I'm sure will come up uh, in the near future and um, we'll be on the grid next year. And I, I guess where I was going with the question was um, Bridie started his own facilities management company, uh, Scott Pye's doing photography now and, and that sort of work. Have you got other interests outside of what you've been doing? Um, you, you do, like we, I, I like property and stuff like that but at the same time this sport is so um, time consuming that the easiest way to succeed is to put everything into this business and that's what we've done for years um, if you do a good job at this you can race till you're 50 like you know but if you start dabbling in other things and start um, sacrificing this there's no use doing it you know so you've got to be smart on how you do it um, our team with the amount of commercial commitments you can't just go and have another business it's very very tough so um, you know, I'm pushing the engineers, they're pushing me. Um, you know, like I said, I'm at the gym and I'm trying to maintain a family as well. It's busy enough, but um, yeah, do this well. Um, I don't need another business. With the, one of the things, I guess, it was a double-edged sword, but it was very lucky is when you were doing all those promotions, you were building Mark Winterbottom, the brand. And considering coming out of Sydney, not many people outside of the New South Wales scene knew you at first having those sponsors that came on board and using you in promotions, they're the sort of things that also help championing our brand. Yeah, it's it's um, a two-way street, you know, like, um, you know, you're lucky that the the sponsors invest in you and at the same time, everything you do is, um, you know, it's, it's boosting your profile and it's getting you out there meeting people and, um, you know, like I said before, I'm not a controversial driver. People like me because, one, pretty genuine, um, what you see is what you get. Two, like we give a lot of stuff away out of our own pocket so we um you know through charities and giveaways and that, that all comes out of my and renee's pocket that doesn't come from anywhere else so we give back to the sport because um you know when, when i was young i would have loved all that stuff so you kind of genuinely um you know appreciate everything you got people say it but then you know they don't go and do stuff some of the drivers because oh, i'm busy i've got you know gotta get me air card or whatever it is it's 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 bullshit really like if you go and get out there and give back people will, will respect you tenfold and that's um that's what i've always thought there's champions on track there's champions off track and for me like for my kids i'd rather look at a role model of someone how they portray themselves not because they go and win races and that's how i try and live and um people like me and that's genuinely who i am and the ones that don't then they're never going to see anyone different so um that's how we've always approached it so how has the last month been with the story to tell about Mustangs? It's been good. Um, you know, every question you get asked when you go to an appearance is, when's the Mustang coming? So now the speculation's over, the, the, you know, it's happening. So um, it's really cool that, uh, you know, that's happening. For me, it's a bit weird because I've only ever driven a Falcon, although it's a Ford, it's always been the Falcon model. So um, to see that come on is gonna look a little bit different, but um, at the same time, it's yeah, really exciting. and kind of uh, you know you, you needed something just to 
I don't know, it's something to drive for, something to look forward to next year, it's a new challenge and stuff like that, so um, yeah, really good, and the fans have taken it really well, so um, it's going to make a few other cars on the grid look pretty average, I think it's going to be a good looking car, and just hoping it's fast. One of the things, you're going to box it in to fit the current specs, but then when the Camaro comes along, they're going to have to box that one in to fit the current specs, so it's not going to be the, the same looking car and potentially it's going to then make everything more difficult going forward. Yeah, it is. Um, but the you know even the Falcon's not the same size as the Falcon. So people assume it's the same size. They trim doors, they trim stuff to make it fit. So um, they do a very good job of making it look like the road car, and that's where our sport has lived on. You know, you, Although there's 95% hand-built parts, people who don't follow the sport really closely think it's an XR8. Like it's... They've done a very good job of that, and they won't lose that. They're going into next year. They'll still make the Mustang look like the Mustang, and that's, um, you know, that's what it is. And it has to be parody, and there's always different looking cars, so they have to do something to 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 um, control it. But um, yeah, they do a good job of making it look like the road car, and that's that's the perception. As long as people perceive it to be the road car um, or that model, then sort of job done. Well, Mark, always a pleasure to catch up with you and uh, wish you all the best for the rest of the winter on your birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Good results coming, hopefully. Thank you. Thanks to Mark Winterbottom there. After the break, we come back with that 2009 interview with Kevin Sheedy. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie Stewart Grand Prix and I just remind myself of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. As I mentioned earlier, Kevin Sheedy has become a legend of the Australian Football Hall of Fame. I caught up with him in 2009 when he was just starting with the GWS Giants and he had some interesting thoughts about promoting football in Greater Western Sydney and of course across Australia but also shared some insights into what he was seeing at the Sydney 500. Kevin Sheedy. Watch out we'll get run over. Well like a, a visionary coach of the, of the Sydney football team before you You've decided to come down here and uh, GWS 18, the yes. only club of AFL in Sydney. It's a it's a big different from those Masons you work for at uh, Essendon. <laughs> the Masons. Oh, look, I think that um, I think it's a great opportunity for our game. To be honest, you know, there's there's so many kids out here that have the physique that can play AFL that probably wouldn't be able to play NRL, sort of. You know, I mean, from a point of view, we, we're after them. We're after that sort of. Uh, athletic six foot two, six foot three, four guy that can, uh, you know, probably run a half a marathon, get kick left and right foot, take grabs with one arm, you know, one one touch grabs and that sort of stuff, and know how to kick a goal. So totally different sort of game, you know. I mean, to me, it's like baseball and cricket; they're different. But you're out in the western suburbs of Sydney, mm. spruiking the gospel of uh, AFL. Well, that's that's where I should be because this is the area of Australia that has two million people not really knowing enough about our game and obviously our game's improved enormously over the last 20 years uh, probably 25 years ever since the AFL sort of changed from just being Victorian and South Australian and West Australian so it's really improved but the one area that's had a um, 
probably not enough effort put into it, I believe. And um, I think we're coming a bit late, but we're, at least we're here now. Uh, we've got enough money now to be able to invest into uh, Greater Western Sydney and into the youth of that area and the fan base that we hope to, uh, to establish and build on. What makes a, was it, 26-year veteran coach want to come back to coach again? I think this opportunity is uh, totally different. It's um, an opportunity to build a club from uh, nothing, a whole fan base, to start with a group of people that um, want to put on uh, a footprint on, on obviously, Sydney, um, where we've got the Swans, um, and also now we have to, you know, we have to put the soul of AFL out into the West, along with rugby league and all the other codes. That doesn't worry me at all. I mean, the, the great thing about our country is that we have the four codes. No other country has the four codes. What about pulling your, firstly, your playing group together and then pulling your coaching support staff together? How's that process going? The process at the moment is um, Alan McConnell is the previous national coach of Australia um, and he has now taken up an appointment. Uh, he has 40 boys training now that we're looking at from New South Wales and Sydney. So they're already training and, and been uh, announced into a squad. Uh, the under-18s will play next year, and then we will move into the VFL, um, most likely the following year, 2011, and they're ready for the AFL in 2012. So it's a step-by-step approach, which is the right way to do it. It's not like South Melbourne being pushed into Sydney and the Brisbane Bears come from everywhere and put them on the Gold Coast. This is a more step-by-step approach, and um, we believe it's the right way to go. It's got the backing of every club in Australia and obviously the huge backing from the AFL Commission to make sure that we get this right. Is that the difference, though, 25, 26 years ago when they did push Sydney in, 15 years ago when they put Brisbane in, they've learnt from those mistakes? Oh, well, you'd want to, wouldn't you, really? I mean, well, the Brisbane Bears come in in 87, so that's 22 years ago, yeah. So, you know, that was done um, on a very poor base of planning, I believe. I mean, as coach of Essendon, I cleared seven players there to Brisbane, so no club cleared seven. But I've always believed in national expansion, and, and I also believe in international expansion in the next 25 years too. I had an interesting conversation with uh, that man over there, Jamie Winkup, and I, yes. I suggested he should speak to you because he said he has uh, struggled most of this year with motivation. Um, he came out and won the first four races, man, but he so said he wasn't read that. motivated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What would you suggest to, to someone like that who's now won two championships and is going for three? Well, look, I've, I've done some very different things in my life. I've taken talented players into a maternity ward and let them have a look at a, a little baby struggling on a humidity crib and saying, you're so uh, talented and you're going to waste this opportunity if you don't find the dedication and the vision that you could see yourself in, the, in your person. And I've also taken another person who had been um, probably uh, just not looking at the right attitude or way to live. I walked him through a cemetery and I said, look, you know, it won't be long before we're here. So get your act together. That sounds like a mason trick, mate. No, it sounds, I'm a Catholic. <laughs> what do you see for GWS in 2012 and how long are you going to be uh, coaching this club? Uh, I'll be coaching the club for three years. I've only ever believed in three contracts. Every contract I've ever had as a player or a coach has only been three years uh, because of the nature of the game's changing so quickly, obviously. Um, and I think if I can get that set up, then I'll relook at my own position in my life. You know, by then I'll be 64. And if it, uh, the opportunity's in and maybe coach longer than that, well, we'll look at that, at that stage. The most important thing is to set the structure right and have a good look at uh, the way we plan the club. I mean, to me, you know, I look at what we were able to achieve. I mean, we had tremendous success at Richmond. I knew how that happened. 
when I looked back and studied at the types of people you've got, then you looked at Essendon 27 years, uh, previous 10 years, hadn't had a, a winning final and hardly ever made the finals. So you have to get the plan right. And um, no, I'll sit down with some different people, some architects and those sorts of people, engineers, and say, look, you know, you guys plan some of the best um, unbelievable architectures in Australia and the world. How do you go about it? Because I want to get my club right out here in the West. We wish you all the best. Is the, is the Richmond dream over, do you think? In regarding? You coaching there? Oh, look, I doubt I'd ever coach Richmond. I'm, I'm happy to do this job. And um, this is actually a bigger task. <laughs> I mean, actually, Richmond's been over there for over 100 years and, and um, at the moment can't get it right. So we're starting off from day one and we might be able to actually plan it and get it maybe better. So you never know. Wouldn't it be wonderful to beat um, some of the Melbourne clubs for a premiership before they can win one? That'll be a fantastic challenge. All the best for it. Thank you. So a final thought for this week's show. We hear about the pension. You can see some of that in Will Power's reaction to covering the 500 Festival Queen in Milk Aunt Victory Lane. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I felt bad when I turned around. I realised the glasses and she was just covered in milk. I was like, oops. I, mean, what did yeah, you I didn't realise she was behind me. Yeah. What did you say to her? Because it looked like you... you... Yeah, I just said, oh, so, I'm so sorry. I, I... <laughs> what can I do? I didn't see you behind me, but uh, she was all good. Roger Penske was asked about non-US drivers winning the 500. This was his reply. Well, I don't look at their passports when we hire them. That's the first thing. <laughs> and, and number two, uh, American driver won the championship last year. Look, uh, we're trying to get the best people we can. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Will, kind of special. Uh, from Australia, we're racing down there, and we're, we're having some success, and we've got a big business down there. So you could say that uh, this might be Will's home track away from home. That's all for this week on Inside Supercars. Tony should be with me next week. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.